everyone welcome to the fourth episode of hold the thought a podcast launched by the European Horizon chapter of Symbiosis International University i am abhishek pande your host for this episode and before i begin i would like to thank everyone who listened to our previous episodes and have given us a lot of love today we bring to you the pilot episode in our new series weird history of europe where we discuss weird fun and a few crazy things that have happened over the long history of the continent i introduce to you my co-hosts apurva tanvi and yogesh thank you abhishek there have been numerous times throughout history where coffee was restricted banned or downright illegal i'm going to fill you in on the details but but you might be surprised to find out the real reasons behind the prohibition In fact, they almost always had to do with money and quelling political turmoil and dissent, and usually had nothing to do with the coffee itself. Before we jump into that, did you know that the coffee plant originally comes from Ethiopia? You may have heard of the story of Kaldi the goat herder, the supposed discoverer of coffee. Well, the Ethiopians used coffee to create a sort of energy bar. which they ate for a midday boost it was sufi monks who came up with the genius idea of roasting brewing and drinking an energizing hot liquid to help stay awake during long nights of prayer as coffee's popularity spread throughout the general population yemeni merchants understood the value of maintaining control over the supply of coffee and in order to maintain their monopoly they made certain under the penalty of death that no plants or viable seeds left the country so eventually coffee came to europe providing us this possibly apocryphal tale from the year 1600 due to its deep seated muslim roots the catholic clergy called coffee the devil's brew they encouraged pope clement the 8th to place a ban on coffee but Upon taking a taste, he declared it was delicious. Even joking, we shall fool Satan by baptizing it and making it truly Christian drink. On the strength of the papal blessing, coffee houses rapidly sprang up throughout Europe. Also, in 1633, Ottoman Sultan Murad IV, no longer under the control of corrupt advisers, cracked down on the coffee shops. You know. because of the plotting and sedition some accounts report that he would go out at night and personally execute anyone engaged in illicit activity drinking coffee at home was okay though in 1656 during the war with candia and for largely political reasons grand vizier kuprili closed the coffee houses and prohibited coffee this time the prohibition was enforced for the first violation the punishment was cutlegging a second infraction got the offender sewn into a leather bag and thrown into the bosporus proclamation for the suppression of coffee house charles ii of england moving forward in the timeline in december 1675 charles ii of england issued a proclamation banning coffee houses as is often the case the political discussion in them worried the man at the top These seminaries of sedition, as he called them, were known as penny universities to the patrons. For the price of a cup of coffee, polite conversation and reasoned debate on new on matters of politics 
science and religion could be had with likes of Alexander Pope and Isaac Newton. This was actually cancelled before it even took effect. Coffee was banned by the Ethiopian Orthodox Church sometime before the 18th century. However, in the second half of the 19th century, Ethiopian attitudes softened towards coffee drinking. Its consumption spread rapidly between 1880 and 1886, and according to Richard Pankhurst, this was largely due to Emperor Menelik, who himself drank it, and to Abuna Matovos, who did much to dispel the belief of the clergy that it was a Muslim drink. Frederick I of Sweden levied high import taxes on coffee and tea in year 1746. Those who did not pay had their pots and cups confiscated. Later, the same year, coffee was banned outright. This, of course, resulted in a brisk black market. Penalties against coffee drinking were made, even stricter in 1766, under the rule of King Adolf Frederick, who reigned from 1751 to 1771. His successor, King Gustav III, like any enlightened ruler, sought to prove the health dangers of coffee through science with his famous twin experiment. The results were inconclusive, to say the least. In all, the Swedish people had to deal with five separate bans between 1756 and 1870. You know, also around that, King Frederick the Great of Prussia personally liked coffee. Although he did have a very strange recipe for it, It involves champagne and mustard. In 1777, he issued a coffee and beer manifesto, recommending that the lower classes focus exclusively on the beer part. It seems he had noticed how much money was going out of the country to pay for the coffee and realized that if they bought beer instead, he would make a packet. In 1781, he established a state coffee roasting monopoly in plants in Germany and forbade commoners from roasting their own. He hired approximately 400 disabled soldiers to work as snipers to catch anyone roasting without a permit. On the other side of what would become Germany, Maximilian Frederick, the elector of Cologne in 1784, issued a prohibition against the use of coffee except by the rich. As you might guess, fines and prisons awaited those who were caught. In the early 1900s, it wasn't so much the coffee as the meetings. Finnish women used illegal coffee parties to meet and plan civil disobedience and resistance against the Tsarist regime that ruled the Finland at that time. Okay, we have discussed historic challenges to coffee, but all of you will be surprised to know how recent the latest challenge was. For a while in 2013, your coffee was not illegal, but getting sugar in it surely was. New York City's short-lived ban on sugary drinks, while not being aimed directly at coffee, complicated orders for coffee inside the city limits. McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts no longer added sugar to the large and extra-large hot beverages. However, you could add your own. Sweet beverages like hot chocolate were made available only in small and medium sizes. Currently, distracted driving laws are beginning to come into conflict with our drive through lattes. At the time of this podcast, no states in the U.S. have said that drinking coffee while driving is per se distracting, but many have contemplated it. 
Yes, even underage drinking of coffee is now starting to get attention. It is not illegal now, but it's best to keep an eye on this. But you know what, Yogesh? Back in 1511, leaders in Mecca believed it stimulated radical thinking and outlawed the drink. Some 16th century Italian clergymen also tried to ban coffee because they believed it to be satanic. However, Pope Clement VII loved coffee so much that he lifted the ban and had coffee baptized in 1600. Even as recently as the 18th century, the Swedish government made both the coffee and coffee fer- paraphernalia including cups and dishes illegal for its supposed ties to rebellious sentiment while coffee may seem harmless but its historical rap sheet is a mile long we'll start with mecca coffee was banned in mecca in 1511 as it was believed to stimulate radical thinking and hanging out the governor thought it might unite his opposition java also got a bad rap for its use as a stimulant Some Sufi sects would also pass around a bowl of coffee at funerals to stay awake during prayers. In the country of Sweden, Sweden gave coffee the axe in 1746. The government also banned coffee paraphernalia which cops confiscating cups and dishes. King Gustav III even ordered convicted murderers to drink coffee while doctors monitored how long the cups of joe took to kill them which was great for convicts and boring for the doctors on the other hand in prussia in 1777 frederick the great of prussia issued a manifesto claiming beer superiority over coffee he argued that coffee interfered with country's beer consumption Apparently, hoping a royal statement would make Prussians eager for an eye-opening brew each morning, Frederick's statement proclaimed His Majesty was brought up on beer, explaining why he thought breakfast drinking was a good idea. Well, but that's quite enough about coffee. Let's have a look at our favorite condiment and its weird history. Tomato ketchup was once sold as a medicine. In the 1830s, tomato ketchup was sold as a medicine, claiming to cure ailments such as diarrhea, indigestion, and jaundice. The idea was proposed by Dr. John Cook Bennett, who later sold the recipe in the form of tomato pills. In an effort to promote healthy eating and protect traditional Gallic cuisine, the French government has banned school and college cafeterias nationwide. from offering the famous tomato based condiment with any food but of all things french fries yes similarly uh, our popular brunch beverage and hangover cure drink didn't start off being called a bloody mary it was actually called a bucket of blood appetizing after bucket of blood it transitioned to red snapper and finally the bloody mary Oh wow, that doesn't sound very appetizing. Other, we're on the topic of other weird food history. Let's look at the tantalizing flavor and piquant qualities of spices that have made them sought after from the earliest days of mankind. In the early days of history, 
spices were worth fabulous sums, owing mainly to the difficulty of obtaining them and the extremely high cost of transportation. When Alaric the Goth conquered Rome in 410 AD, he asked as a ransom 3,000 pounds of pepper, then worth more than its weight in gold. The first organization of dealers, it was said, was the Fraternity of Pepperers. It was in the 14th century that the name was changed to the Guild of Grocers, which depicted on its coat of arms six cloves. Similarly, Venice at its height traded in spices to the amount of $10 million annually, and it vied with Portugal in securing cargoes from Far Eastern ports. Columbus was bound for the spices of the East when he had chanced upon a new continent, and Vasco da Gama, the famous sea fighter, made one of his most important voyages to secure a cargo of pepper, cinnamon, and ginger from India. The Dutch succeeded the Portuguese in the supremacy of trade in spices, later to have it snatched from them in the 16th century by the English and the Germans. So to conclude, we can see how food has been an important part of our history to reign political soft power. As we have seen, coffee has numerous occasions been the collateral damage in a political tiff. Either the customers at the coffee houses are now thinking straight because they no, are no longer drinking beer all day and that makes the leadership nervous. Or possibly they are thinking straight and talking to each other and realizing that the guys at the top are not as overly bright or altruistic as they thought they were. And maybe it's time for a change. And that really makes the leadership nervous. Maybe it's simply a cash grab, or maybe the leadership does think they're looking out for poor, unwashed masses. But it's never really about the coffee. Thank you guys for your wonderful insights into this odd topic. In this episode, we had an interesting conversation about coffee, condiments, and the other types of food that became weapons for the leaders of nations to wield in order to exercise control over their people and gain more soft power. With this, we conclude this episode of Hold the Thought, Weird European History. Stay tuned for some more discussions on weird history. Thank you.